1: I'm Greg Dalton, and today at Climate One, we're talking about California's drought and the future of fresh water in our parched state. 2013 was the driest calendar year on record, and reservoirs around the state look like puddles. As we record this program in mid-January, snow levels in the Sierra Nevada are 20 percent of normal, signaling water stress into 2015, even if big rains come this year. Over the next hour, we'll discuss California's water crunch, what individuals can do, and how the state can balance competing needs for energy and water. We will talk about immediate measures to keep California's people and economy hydrated and happy, and long-term solutions to the water impacts of an increasingly volatile volatile climate driven by our addiction to fossil fuels. Our conversation will include questions from our live audience here at the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco. Joining us are California State Senator Gene Fuller, Republican from Bakersfield, California State Senator Lois Wolk, Democrat from Davis, and Matt Weiser, senior writer who covers water for the Sacramento Bee. Please welcome them to Climate One. (laughs) (laughs) Senator Fuller, welcome. Let's begin with you. How is the water drought affecting your constituents down there in the Central Valley?
0: Well, we are an example of the statewide uh, problem that reliable water is becoming more difficult to obtain. By re- reliable water, I mean water that is delivered at the expected and needed amount throughout the year, not just at certain seasons. And we we know that that needs to be a statewide solution to improve the delivery of reliable water. But uh, in the last drought, we had 30% unemployment in most of our farm towns, from uh, especially a lot of our, our farm workers, and we fallowed a lot of our crops, and we were unable to deliver the groceries to the cities that we, the products that we normally um, would deliver. And so, for us, um, a drought means human misery, economic devastation to some natural assets and certainly an unproductive uh, living standard for the majority of our people, especially those who are most closest to the edge of their um, ability to, to to earn money.
1: Senator Wolk, how is it affecting your district, the
2: drought in California right now? Well, I represent four of the five uh, Delta counties uh, in the Sacramento region. And uh, these counties, uh, I'm sure you've been reading in the paper, the reservoirs, the uh the water agencies have been uh reducing uh the demand the amount of water that's going to be uh available and urging conservation um, of up to 20 to 30%. so uh many of the re- uh the reservoirs uh are declining and uh the snowpack is at the lowest level i believe in quite a long time. so um, there is a great deal of concern and uh about uh, the implications of the drought uh, for the region, for for industry, for agriculture, and for the urban communities.
1: Matt Weiser, you've been covering water for a long time. Put this in perspective. <laughs> California is used to having periods that are dry and not so dry. How significant is this in, in the broader historic context?
3: Well, uh, what I'm hearing from a lot of the water experts is that this is – comparable the, the dryness is comparable to what we saw in 1976 77 which is the second driest period in California history the, the driest stretch we had was in the 20s but 76 77 is the was the worst drought in modern times and they're saying right now it's comparable to that the the striking thing about that is that they're saying that in the middle of winter when water demand is at its lowest so the concern is What happens when we get into summer? Is it going to be worse than 77? Um, How are we going to manage that? If it's as dry as it is now, um, with very few storms forecast as far out as they can see, um, lots of people are wondering how they're going to manage. The 77 drought was kind of like the nightmare scenario that everyone remembers in the water community and they hope to never see another one, and and now they're afraid they're going to see one that's worse than that.
1: Senator Wolk, what is California's plan for dealing with this drought that could be of historic proportion?
2: Well, I believe the governor uh, in his uh, state of the state uh, made it very clear that uh, he's watching this very closely. Uh, He has a drought uh, response. He has convened a uh, drought response group, uh, I think uh, the um, possibility of a drought declaration, which has a number of impacts, um, uh, is in front of us. Uh, and in the budget, uh, there are several areas that he wants to focus on. I think um, what a drought uh, like this gives us the opportunity for is uh, the opportunity to manage our existing water supplies in a better way and to institute the kinds of changes in the near term that uh, might make it possible for us to stretch that existing supply that we have and use it in a better fashion. So that would include the kinds of things like recycling, focusing on the condition of our groundwater, uh, reuse, uh, and conservation, and as well as um, looking toward Increasing, uh, assuming it rains quickly and soon in the next uh, several years, that we have uh, ability to store uh, the water that uh, that
0: we that does fall and make better use of it.
1: Senator Fuller, what would you like to
0: see the state and federal government do? Well, from my statewide perspective, not just my district perspective, which is a little different, but today I would like them to review the regulations to respond to the emergency that's arising because of the drought. And update those regulations that are going to make us, um, have techniques of government that respond, that respond from the past in uh, a situation that's becoming more frequent. This is our second drought in the last ten years. We're in the third year of this drought. Um, and, uh, do something that would, that would continue to help us get through. And I think that's sort of the intent of the governor's task force. I sent a letter with several others and, Many other people around the state did, and he responded that he has an emergency preparedness, the, the Food and Ag, the Environmental Protection Agency, and some others working together to do that. Uh, for tomorrow, um, I, I would like to um, have us consider that, you know, there, um, you know there, there are some ways that we can replumb the state. Right now, our plumbing is 50 um, percent behind our population in other words, when we did the plumbing for the state water system, uh, we have grown 50 percent. We have not used any new technology. We have not really provided any new infrastructure. And if we start right now, that's probably still 15 years away. So I would like to see us continue with uh, the water package from 2009. And the last part of that water package was – and the intermediate part of that is the BDCP's comment period. I hope everyone engages in that.
1: That's the Bay Delta Conservation Plan, a plan for restoring the, the Delta and the Bay. Yes,
0: plan. and the last piece is the bond that's, that's slated to come up in November, and that would provide money for habitat restoration in the Delta and reliable water um, storage
1: let's talk about that because there's some talk about whether the bonds uh, been on the ballot, they've been kicked down the can, down the road uh, several times for fear that the voters might not approve $11 billion. Now they've been pared down to $6 billion. Uh, does the prospect for those bonds improve if there's a drought because voters will throw money at the problem, or there's some concern the governor may not support it? Senator well, I'm,
0: I'm smiling very largely because uh, I was one of the people, as was Lois, that worked very hard. We spent many, many nights working on what a water package should look like. The first part of the water package, the BDCP passed and went through. The other part um, didn't have enough um, financial backing to, to survive on the bond, so we all agreed to put it over. But, but now, with Sacramento being where we are, we're thinking about how could we change that bond and so that's what's sort of being kicked around. Either the bond stays at the same amount it is now in November, or we do some new legislation that changes the bond for a number of reasons. So that's more of the discussion about the future, building our water future, is how do, how do we work with that bond and the funding.
1: Senator Wolk, $11 billion bond in 2014 or more like six?
2: At least um, more like six. And that's probably high. Uh, 11 is out of the question. I think the people of the state of California and all of the polling has shown that, that, uh, people of the state of California are very, very leery of bonds and, uh, whether or not the governor will be willing to, uh, put anything on the ballot in November is really up to him and, and the legislature to decide and we don't have a decision yet. I believe that we do need um, a water bond. Uh, we need it for the near-term kinds of actions that water districts are looking for throughout the state uh, to uh, diversify and strengthen their regional uh, portfolio with respect to water. Um, I think that a bond uh, can have nothing to do with the tunnels and the BDCP and the grandiose plans that will never come about in the next 10 to 15 years. I think we need to focus very clearly on the kinds of things that water agencies are looking for and that people will support. And that has to do with recycling, cleaning up groundwater, and that will make a difference in terms of drought and will make a difference in terms of water management. Um, that Those are the kinds of things that will um, – that, that have a chance of getting voter support consensus-based, nothing to do with tunnels and the BDCP, and things that are practical, workable, affordable, um, and and that, frankly, we need at the local level, regionally, throughout the state, to
0: manage our water supply
2: in a better way.
1: Senator Fuller, let's get you on that. Uh, the tunnels, grandiose plans? Uh,
0: what, what, the way I like to look at this is in 2009, all the legislature worked very, very hard together, all the regions of the state, and basically – the deal that we came up with, which none of us liked because it was a huge compromise, which is what's good for California in the end, came up with co-equal goals. Those co-equal goals were that, that we all agreed that we need reliable water for Californians. But the, but the thing that made the deal was that it's both supported native habitat and a healthy economy. And we, we agreed that there would be public monies and that's the bond to pay for public improvements and then there would be ratepayer monies to pay for for example the tunnel most of the delivery system quite a bit of the mitigation and so from my perspective you know in a climate change environment where we know that we are we, we have more threats from fire drought and saltwater intrusion than we've ever had we need, some, we need to use some science to have some very good planning about what those public benefits are because the public has to be willing to pay for it and understand what those are and agree. I, I agree with that part. And we need to be very clear that the rate payers must be charged for the, the beneficiary as beneficiaries.
1: Okay. Matt Weiser, let's get you in on this in terms of there some different approaches to the bond. Some are more delta centric Some are in uh, favor other parts of the state. How do you see the politics of that playing out in this election year with a governor who is eyeing re-election?
3: Well, um, the original bond uh, was sort of like a, a pork barrel for everybody. It, it, it got on the ballot in the first place because it included a little bit of something for every part of the state. Uh, it was mainly a water bond, but it included a lot of other things, habitat-related, parks, projects even. Um, that's why it was so big. It, if if it ends up being smaller, um, a lot's going to depend on what's in it. Um, as, as Lois mentioned, there's um, controversy about whether it ought to include money for the Delta tunnels. Um, there's also never-ending controversy about new dams. There, there was money in the original bond to pay for, for dams, but only if local governments, local water agencies, put up money first uh, for, for a local dam project. Um, so uh, what, whether a bond will have success this election year um, depends on what's in it. I, I do think it may have better chances in the drought year because people will be thinking about water Um, They might be less likely to even pay attention to what's in the bond when they vote on it. But uh, with with the bond that size and as much debt as the state has already, it's going to be important to pay attention to what's in there.
1: Let's talk about agriculture. Senator Fuller, about 60 to 80 percent mm-hmm. of the water used in the state is for, is for agriculture. A lot of gains have been made there, there's, yet yeah, there's still flood irrigation that happens in the Central Valley. Uh, is ag doing enough to use water wisely?
0: Well, what I would like to say about that is, first of all, that the San Joaquin Valley doesn't use all the water. In fact, um, the, the communities around the Bay Area, uh, Alameda County, Santa Cruz County, uh, and several others uh, rely on about 50% of their water supply from the Central Valley and the state and the State Water Project. So there is farming in those areas, and they re- rely on it as well. So I will only speak to my half because rice and some of those crops, uh, there's not a lot of drip irrigation that you can do. But in my area, um, I have seen the crops complete, completely change from potatoes and cotton, which are row row crops to trees, nuts, and as you drive down the valley, I think you're all seeing more of the, the drip, irrigation, vines, grape vines conversion. Now, is that enough? No. Technology is always going to have to continue to improve and continue to find ways to use more recycled water. But recycled water and conservation are really good for farmers, and they work very hard to get those kinds of things because it's an economic value to them. It makes it cheaper for them to raise their crops Unfortunately, it is not new water. And as you recycle, you lose water. You lose some portion of the water. So, so for us, agriculture has done has actually has actually like doubled sort of their efficiency in my area because they've been able to change the kind of crops that they grow. But across California, we are we are not the whole picture and across California, I'm not sure if that's the same. And can they can they do more? Always, as long as we support research and science, um, they will they will take that research and science because it makes it more economically feasible for them to raise their crops.
1: The value of uh, California agriculture has gone up uh, with water use about the same, in part because there's more pistachios, higher value nuts and uh, higher val- uh, margin uh, products. Senator Wolk, is ag doing enough?
2: But think about California water and managing our water wisely is that every sector has to be using every drop, recognizing that it is a limited resource. And uh, of course, it's important for ag and for that multi-billion-dollar industry that feeds us and that feeds the rest of the country and much of the and the world um, to have uh, water that's available and at a reasonable price. That means they, as well as the urban areas, as well as um, industry, as well as the fish. When you're in this kind of situation with a drought, you need to take very good care of each drop. So it's really important to conserve no matter where you are, no matter which sector of the economy. This is for all of us. It's not just one area.
1: Matt Weiser, let's get you on that, and then we'll, we'll talk about Southern California, which uh, – in L.A., but first on, on agriculture and water in terms of low-hanging fruit – pardon the pun – but, you know, to, uh, uh, to be better with water.
3: Well, um, I agree with uh, the others that ag has gotten a lot more efficient. Um, uh, however, there, there's still a large percentage of crops in California that are irrigated by flood irrigation – uh, some of that, some of those crops require it, like rice. Um, but there are others that could still be uh, switched over to drip irrigation, or sprinklers even. There's, but there's still a high percentage that's uh, that's flood irrigated. And what's stopping those farmers from moving where they could from flood to drip? Is it the
1: cost? Is it just culture? Is it? Is I've been told it's
3: uh, one of the big ones is cost. It's costly to change a field over to drip irrigation, uh, and I've been told that. One of the things that would help is some kind of um, grants or low-interest loans to help farmers do that. Um, so that's that's a bit of low-hanging fruit, I think.
0: And if I can just mention Senator real quick, uh, because there was a 5% allocation from the state water contractors this year, which means they would get 5% of the 100% of water that they've already paid for, and they're only going to get 5%, farmers in my area will not be able – to get loans from the bank at this time. So this will be not a conversion year unless we do something else because they're not even able to get loans for seed on a 5% water allocation. You can see why a bank would be hesitant if they weren't going to get water. And even for permanent crops that use less water, the, the future is a little murky because they're not very interested in trying to give any kind of loans to agriculture at this time. Senator Wolf. I was going to say that
2: with respect to agricultural conservation, one of the areas that the bond could certainly help with would be these kinds of financial incentives for ag conservation. Uh, They've existed before, and I think it's important to try and replenish uh, some of those funds because that efficiency is important.
1: If you're just joining us, we're talking about California's drought at Climate One. Uh, we, our guests are California State Senator Lois Wolk, California State Senator Gene Fuller, and Matt Weiser, reporter from the Sacramento Bee. I'm Greg Dalton. Let's talk about the fish versus food tension and how the water crisis this year in California is going to play out and that, trug- that struggle, Senator Fuller, between the Delta and the farm areas and the, the fish and food.
0: Now, remembering that I come from the Central Valley, and that, uh, that perspective, um, has a little different perspective, which is, you know, they want to maintain the same contract that we've had for water over the last 40 years. I'm going to move to the next point was as a member of the legislature and as a person with a PhD, I eventually realized that we were going to have to have coal equal goals. And those co equal goals are both habitat rest- restoration and economy, a healthy economy and, and water for people. So that to me was the strength of the 2009 water package was that if those two goals fell apart, then there would be no, no package. But if those, if those two goals stay together, what it meant was that there was three billion for habitat restoration and to nothing for the tunnels, but, but, but to make the flows more like they were so that the native and e- ecosystem would be maintained. And that there would be store, three billion for storage, and that storage would then re- give reliable water, because when you store water, it's just like your bank account, and you can let it out a little bit all, all, year long. But then as Matt said, in order, the legislature being the legislature, there were then other needs, and then there were other concerns. And other needs were things such as disadvantaged communities that weren't maybe close to the pipe that had water recycling issues that they needed atta- attacked. And so then that that there's money in there for that. And then there were concerns, which were more secondary, such as educating people about conserving water, or the the, the financial impact of putting water options and tools, such as dams or no dams or taking them out. And and that became called the pork. And it's a little hard for all of us to identify pork, since if it's not if it's ours, we don't think it is. Yeah. I, I, I wanna, uh, so we could get to 6 if we didn't have other needs and other concerns. So everybody wants to
1: have what they have had been used to having in recent years, cities, farmers, etc., yes. but climate science would say we're all going to have that's to get true. by with less and we're going to have to give something up. But we can't have the what we've had the last few years and that's not really sinking in.
0: Well, I think it's sinking in. I think the legislature finally, you know, in 2009 recognized that you know that drought really pushes over. Plus the levee collapse in New Orleans that everybody saw on the TV. Old levees, you know, need help, and that there there can be those kinds of risks. And some of the stressors, like we've cleaned up the water in the American River with the sewer plants a lot better, and we've done a lot of a lot of governance work around the edges. But what we what we still have to face is the hardest questions: funding and jurisdiction. And those are written out once, but it's been a couple years now, and so people will look at them again in terms of today's circumstances. Senator Wolk, I want to get you on
1: that point in terms of we're not quite capturing the reality that we're going to deal with less water in
2: California, and there's a lot more water on paper than there is in reality. That's absolutely true, and I think one of the more uh, useless kinds of debates is fish versus farm, fish versus uh, food. Uh, that doesn't advance the conversation. That in fact stops the conversation. Everybody goes to their corner and continues the fight that has gone on in California water forever and will continue. Uh, which is why I said at the beginning, uh, the drought gives us an opportunity. I think uh, to focus on how we met, how we manage our current supply and how to devise for the next two to five. Years, near term, the kinds of things that will improve our management of the water supply, perhaps even increase the reliability of the existing water supply as well, and um, move this debate forward uh, and fund those things without the um, the kinds of debates that are fish versus food. It doesn't help us, and I think the same thing is true with the tunnels and the BDCP. The problem with the tunnels is they have taken – it's like walking into a room and there's this giant elephant in the room. Instead of talking about the kinds of things that are being done at the local level that are really effective, including storage, underground versus – and above ground, recycling, desalination, the kinds of things that water districts – throughout the state want state assistance for, we go into these rooms where all we're talking about is fighting about these two giant tunnels that will never be affordable. The price is now $54 billion. Um, Really, let's get real. Let's do something that we can all agree on that we need, which is to fund those kinds of important management tools that we know can be used at the local level and that make a difference in every region of the state.
1: That's a, a delta Sorry. perspective. Let's have a, a. It's not
0: just a delta well, perspective. I object I, to that. I, I agree. I agree with most of what my colleague has said. She is a respected water uh, expert and um, actually precedes me, and I have a great deal of respect for her opinion. But my perspective, that comes from my advocacy for my constituents, is that climate change or something is making us have droughts more regularly than we've had in the past. And we all need to get real, all of us, not just the legislature, but all of us, about how do we plan for the water in the future. And the tunnels are not being paid for with the bond, and they are rate payer money because it's beneficiaries. So it comes down to this, that all the people – who want to increase the water over the current level if there can be new water available which means new storage then those people have to pay and what will pay for that is whether the economics pencil out or not and frankly my area farmers are very worried and they're 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 not 100% behind some of the 2009 water packages that I helped do because they are the most worried that it won't pencil out for them. Frankly, Los Angeles, who only requires 30% of this water supply, as compared to 50% in the Bay Area and 80% in the Livermore area, they have other alternatives to mix cheaper water with it, and they have a huge rate payer's base to spread the fees over, and so even though it's, it is a huge amount, it is possible for them to do that because it is less expensive than, for example, desalination, which is another way to get new water.
1: Senator Wolk, should Los Angeles do more? Are they, are they, we haven't talked yet about the Southland big water user. Uh, what's your view on that?
2: I have found that many of the um, Southern California Retail agencies, the 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 uh, the actual agencies that that deliver the water to um, to people, uh, have been instituting conservation um, in a in a pretty dramatic way, uh, because the cost of their water is far higher than ours. And I would like to be able to talk about pricing in in a a separate issue because I think it's really important um, about water. But I think San Diego Water Authority these these places that that import so much of their water uh recognize uh that they really do have to uh be very careful um, about um, using each drop of water carefully does that mean they can they uh shouldn't or can't be doing more of course they can and they must and it is in fact um, what they're going to need to do uh no matter what happens with tunnels uh, my feeling is that the regional efforts that they can continue to make um, and in, in conserving water and re- reusing water and desal and lots of other ways in reducing their reliance on the delta, um, money is better put into those areas uh, for them um, than it is in this tunnel boondoggle of, yes, they're going to have to pay, but my goodness, why would they raise their mm-hmm. rates 30% for some tunnel that – isn't going to yield them as much water as they have now.
1: In fact, Los Angeles has about a million more people than it did t- 20 years ago, right. and they and use the same amount of water. So it's, it's actually that's it's true. Someone who grew up in Northern California, loving to bash Southern California for their profligate oh. waterways, I've been corrected and learned that it's it's different now. Matt sure. Weiser, let's get you in on this in terms of the Southland and their their uh, role in the in the water politics of California.
3: Well. Uh, as it happens, I spoke yesterday with Jeffrey Keitlinger, who's the general manager of Metropolitan Water District of Southern California, and, and the numbers are actually bigger than what you just described. Since, um, since the 92 drought, they've reduced their water demand across the whole L.A., San Diego metro area by something like 30 percent, at the same time as they've added something like 5 million people. And they've done that because they spent $3 billion on all kinds of storage projects. Uh, They built the largest reservoir in California in close to 50 years. They built a giant tunnel to move water into that reservoir faster when the water is available um, from the Delta, among other places. And they built a whole bunch of groundwater storage projects um, where they can park water until they need it, and then they move it into reservoirs. Um, and uh, they, they pay a lot more for water in Southern California, um, partly because they have to spend a lot of money to move it there, but it's also because they've made these large investments, and uh, we haven't done quite the same thing in Northern California because we're accustomed to having more water readily available in our rivers, and we're finding out now that that's not going to be the case all the time. Um, We can't say that this drought is related to climate change, but I think it's indicative of what we might see in the years ahead because of climate change. And so we need to keep that in mind as we deal with this drought year and plan for the next ones. Matt Weiser is a writer with the Sacramento Bee. Our other guests here
1: at Climate One today are Gene Fuller, California State Senator from Bakersfield, Republican, and Lois Wolk, California State Senator from Davis, a Democrat. I'm Greg Dalton. Let's pick up on pricing. Uh, Senator Wolk, in electricity, there's a move toward pricing based on time of day, based on demand, dynamic pricing. We all pay that now for parking spots and tickets at the ballpark. Uh, Will we see dynamic pricing where the price will go
2: up and down in California based on on supply and market conditions? I think we need to move in that direction. The connection between what one pays for water and, and, and what it costs to get it to you is is really broken. Uh, we don't have that connection. And I'm a, a firm believer in the ability of the market to to moderate some of these uh, to reflect uh, the value of a commodity. Uh, that being said, there's some things that we can learn from the electricity um, pricing arena tiers. Um, you know, you lose a, you use a whole lot of water. Um, you pay more for it, um, and then and, and there should be a lifeline below which, um, you know, there's a certain unit or amount of water that is given um, just across the board, and then beyond that, there are different tiers, whether it's industry or agriculture. Um, I think we need to learn from that because one of the things tying, if you tie. Um, the amount of water to the price, uh, you create an immediate incentive for conservation, just as you do with energy. I mean, we all talk about how to conserve energy, how to make our houses more energy efficient. I'm not sure we've had the same kind of focus and thrust uh, with respect to water. You know, do we really, when we put in our landscaping, many of us do, but do we really – All the time, when it's raining, do we really think about uh, the best kind of energy or water-efficient landscaping? I suspect that when the drought goes away, we just kind of revert to the kind of plants that we've always loved. But we're going to have to change it. The governor said it wisely. Um, Conservation has to become a way of life. And price and the pricing
0: element is part of that. Senator, very
2: controversial.
1: Senator Fuller, dynamic pricing for water. How would the farmers in your district, Kern County? Well, actually,
0: most <laughs> of Southern California really, including my farmers, have worked very, very hard on that, and pricing in some way does affect them. But, but here's the important thing to think about. With electricity, we can make it. It's more expensive, but we can make it. So we can have a steady, reliable flow because we can make It might cost more. We might discourage those by cost. Water, if you have not, new water, new fresh water, if you have not captured snow melt and then hold it somewhere, you, you, you don't have it to sell. You just don't have it. And that's what we're facing now in this drought, which is the symptom of the bigger problem for planning. And so, for example, from like mid-valley down south, because it's a drier climate, we have already had to develop expensive water tools and water options and, and invest in those such as water banks and, and end of pipe storage and alternate means and so on and so forth and drip irrigation and recycling in a very big way. But the North has been more lucky. And so most, many communities in the North have direct stream supply. So now, there's no snowball. I think Calistoga had, what, 18% in their reservoir. I think San Luis had, you'll have to help me, but I believe it was like 29, close to 29% in their reservoir. I believe that Folsom Lake had, I don't know, it was, even, it was 20%. Okay. It's 17 now. It's 17 now. Okay. Obviously, 100% is with a reserve. And when you get down below 50%, you are way beyond being able to help yourself by recycling and rationing. So, so, but they have no choice. Where are they going to get that water? Nobody can make that water. So, Calistoga is already into, as I, if I understand, because it's your area more, but mandatory water rationing to try to save what they have. And the communities in the Napa Valley and below are already being hit because they don't have reservoirs. And there's no on Site storage up in the Sierras, not enough to provide for them. So pricing, pricing, it's 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 happening by itself. The prices are, are going up astronomically all over. But the residential area in Southern California doesn't feel it as much because maybe at the end they'll have a $70 bigger bill. So that's why our farmers are not sure if they even want this bond because they don't know if they can even afford to buy in anyway to put infrastructure in, much less if there were pricing. And and why I think, and why I'm here today, because it's kind of scary to come up here, is to let Northern California know that Northern California is in trouble if climate change changes our needs for water creation. And because there's only one way to create water, get rainwater, snow water. Well,
1: thank you for being a Republican from the Central Valley, coming in to tell San Francisco you're in trouble. Thank because- you. Many Republicans won't even say that word. Uh, Matt Weiser, let's talk about the water restrictions that are going on already, the construction industry, hookups, et cetera. Tell us about some of the things in place already.
3: Well, something I forgot to mention earlier about Southern California, amazingly they are not anticipating any water rationing this year, no water conservation measures related to drought. That's because of the, the water they have in storage already, which they've managed to put in storage with that large investment I mentioned. Uh, in the Sacramento area, it's a much different picture. Um, we uh, we already have most of the uh, uh, municipal water agencies in the area have adopted a, at least a 20 percent request for conservation. And they've made it a request because, well, for, for a variety of reasons. One is that they don't already have tiered water rates as a routine part of their um, – customer pricing system. So in order to to create pricing incentives to conserve, they have to – they're bound by Proposition 218, which means they have to um, actually go through an election process to change the rates. That takes time. So they made it a request initially. Um, Another reason is that, um, well, San Juan Water District, which covers a huge area of the Sacramento suburbs, uh, on Wednesday they – they requested that all their customers completely stop all their outdoor watering. This district is largely dependent on Folsom Lake, and, and as we said, it's it's at around 17 percent of capacity. They've cut water releases into the American River to try to hold the reservoir stable, but that's going to kill salmon in the river. Um, we mentioned food versus fish. Well, it's important to remember that fish are food. Um, this is part of the salmon run that – that supports the commercial salmon fishing industry statewide. If you buy wild-caught salmon in California, you're buying these fish, and they're, they're dying. Their, their eggs are dying in the American River because we're saving water behind Folsom Dam for those suburban communities. Um, if, if the drought continues, San Juan is going to adopt a Stage 5 um, drought plan, which is the most severe category they have, That will happen in February if it stays dry, and that will mean mandatory no outdoor watering, 50 percent conservation um, in all your water use, Uh, no new hookups to the water system. So if you're building a house or a new business, you'll have to wait. You won't be able to build it or connect water to it. other communities in the area are are at 20%. The city of Sacramento, which is uh, the biggest water user in the area, is expected to go to a 20% 20 to 30% conservation order next week. So that's just the Sacramento area. Other places, um, Mendocino County, uh, is in similar similar situation. Should the California should the environment uh, the Endangered Species Act be
1: relaxed? Would that help in this situation, Matt Wiser? Then we'll get Senator Welch.
3: Well um, that's uh that's one of the things that, that has come up and it comes up any time we have a drought. Uh if it could be suspended, um, it would theoretically allow more water to be diverted from the Delta. Uh that would take federal action. Um, at the moment the feds are not on board with any of our drought issues. Uh if the governor declares a drought which which it's looking like he's at least thinking about it um, one of the things that would do is it would allow him to um, uh, modify or suspend water quality rules in the Delta which which would also allow more water to be diverted from the Delta and that would have impacts on fish and habitat in the Delta those those delta fish species um, as we recently learned from the latest, survey of their populations they're all at historically low levels um, this year as they have been in recent years and um, we already know that they do poorly in drought years so you kind of have two strikes against them already and if and if you loosen those water quality rules and and take more water from the delta in a drought year that could be a third strike Sounds
1: like that's an unlikely option. Uh, Briefly, I want to get that uh, from Senator Wolk and Senator Fuller. Then we're going to go to audience questions. Should the Endangered Species Act be relaxed?
2: Well, I don't believe so. Uh, But as I said earlier, uh, also in a serious drought, well, I come from Northern California. Um, There are a number of things that have to be done before we resort to uh, throwing out what I think has been a great uh, law. For example, we all need to meter We don't in northern California. We don't in Sacramento. Uh, We need to do that. With respect to groundwater throughout the state, Valley as well, we don't meter it. We use 30 percent. 30 percent of our water use in California is groundwater. When we go into a drought situation, it goes higher. It goes to close to 40. And yet we know very little about what goes on in our groundwater because we don't measure it. Well, how serious can we possibly be about water use in the state of California if 40, 30 to 40 percent of our water is not metered? We don't know what the condition is of it. We, uh, we simply don't know that. There's a lot that we have to do before we start suspending our laws, and, frankly, I don't want to see three strikes happen to the Delta, uh, and I don't think the state of California wants that to happen either, and I certainly don't believe the voters will would support that.
1: Senator Fuller, should groundwater extraction be metered?
0: You know, the way it's metered now is how much you put in, because groundwater is just like an empty tea kettle. You know, you put water in, and once you pump it out, it's gone. you got to keep putting it in. So one of the tools that we have that's really going to help us a lot through this third year of drought is that we put in a water bank, and in past years that's we put a, a large percentage of our water that came to us in that groundwater banking. We have our own river. We have our own dam. It's not, it's not enough for the whole area, but it's very good, it's very well. And we met, and we measure and meter all that that goes in. So the bottom line is, we can, we can measure all the contents of this empty teapot or this half full teapot, but at the end of the day, if you don't put some more water in there, it doesn't matter. And so for us, you know, we are going to be doing conservation measures, we've been doing them all along, but, but we know that if, after we've done every single conservation measure, if we get down to where Folsom is, we will still have drinking water for families, probably, out of that water bank. So, so back to should we, should we do something about the in- Environmental Species Act? The, the legislature pat- had that same hard problem in 2009. And so in 2009, what we decided was, we were going to make, like, a statewide EIR for the whole area, and we're going to put people who were experts in science to study how you would do it and support the co-equal goals. Remember those? Restoration of habitat and reliable water instead of politics, because, because as you know, politics. So that's what the BDC was supposed to do. That's what the science was supposed to do, and we were doing that. But they didn't imagine another drought of this Type hitting us so soon. So what I say is, is the government's job is to respond to crises as they present themselves. We are having a crisis that's presenting themselves. It's the beginning a pattern, and that pattern is affecting our water supply. And unless we can get people to quit drinking water in August, which I don't think is going to happen, then we need to do something that that changes. So that we are, we are, we are looking both of those, at both of those goals. And just real quick, I'm not going to talk about the tunnels. I'm going to talk about alternate conveyance because that was the 2009 agreement is that alternate conveyance would be paid for by the beneficiaries and that then became the tunnels. But that was put in specifically because it would change the flows back to the old flows in the Delta. It's a huge expense and a lot of my farmer guys don't want to pay for it because they're happy with the way it's flowing over to the pumps right now. But in order to not affect the fish and the habitat as much, you have to have all flows that do not go the wrong direction. So the whole tunnels issue—if it goes away, in one way, yeah, then we don't have to worry about how we're going to pay for it. There's still ways to get water down down the down the aqueducts. But you know what? It doesn't help the delta. It doesn't fix the it doesn't fix the flow pattern. So we're not using every tool we can to deal with stressors and threats to the ecosystem, and that's not the only thing that saved it.
1: So I think that I think that was a no on metering and a yes on relaxing. That was a
0: yes on metering in terms of we meter everything and we charge everybody for oh, everything. Okay. But not new metering just on new water that you put in the groundwater, because to me it doesn't solve our problem.
1: We're talking about water at Climate One with State Senator Gene Fuller, State Senator Lois Wolk, and reporter Matt Weiser. I'm Greg Dalton. Let's go to audience questions. Welcome to Climate One.
4: Good morning. Thank you for being here and for your discussion. I'm of the opinion that there's uh, adequate water in the state of California, and the biggest problem the state has had for the last 60 years is old water laws and gross mismanagement of water. And until the legislature and the governor get serious about it, you're going to keep having these 20 cent conversations instead of doing something about it. I would like to ask the two senators what do they think they can do legislatively? I mean, they grow algae in the gutters in Fresno and in, or in uh, Corona del Mar, California. Why isn't somebody doing something about that? And how about the evaporation from the swimming pools and all that other funny stuff that we tolerate? In times, and when you're thinking about we may not have enough water to drink, what is the
1: legislature going to do about it? Quickly, Senator Fuller, then Senator Wolk.
0: Well, I, I think one of the things that the legislature did that I, I probably I can't say that I agreed with it at the time, but I have to say that in a drought it makes some, some sense. So they said that no new subdivisions could be built without proving a 20 year water supply. Boom, world changed. World changed. Because guess what? No new water, 5% allocation. Okay, so then if there's no new subdivisions, then if people want that, then they will try to buy the excess from somebody else. So then you begin not having lawns, not having swimming pools, and so on and so forth for your area. So while it's in its early stages, that will have some effect. That's in a short – this short time, and if you want to talk later, I'm happy to, but the short time, that that to me was the biggest global effect that we probably need to look at again.
1: So
2: water reality development. Okay. Senator Woke?
0: Now, I'd like to compliment Jean,
2: actually. Um, what she just said is probably you better be careful when you go back to yeah, you're right. Um Jean has been an excellent voice for, for reason uh, in the water debates, even though we do not agree about the <laughs> eventual results. But in any case, um, uh, remind me again. Legislature. Oh, the legislature.
1: <laughs> oh, the legislature. You, you know. Yeah.
2: Listen. Some of the worst, changing water law, um, legislature doesn't do that really well. In fact, it doesn't do it at all. Um, Water debates are very unsatisfactory. Um, It's going to be very difficult to do that. Frankly, most of the advances that come about in the water area come about because of laws. You know, there are are litigation, there are lawsuits, and then a judge moves the endangered species law or, you know, something moves forward or is upheld. And then we, re- we react. Um, I don't hold a tremendous amount of um, hope for the legislature waiting in and changing water law. We tried to do that in 2009 and came up with these dual goals. Um, it's wonderful in theory, but the fact is, um, the folks that have the water supply have more power than um, uh, than the ecosystem folks do. And it's all going to have to be worked out in court, ultimately. And water supply is
1: regulated. It's very fragmented. There's there's hundreds of water agencies. It's a very local issue. Let's go to our next audience question.
4: I am Ed Church with the Institute for Environmental Entrepreneurship. I'd like the uh, panel to comment uh, on the water-related issues of fracking, which Mm -hmm. uses vast amounts of fresh water and then threatens to pollute
1: the groundwater tables. Senator Fuller, fracking happens in Kern County. The well, first water- of all,
0: um, I'd like to say that again. It's if you look at the bigger picture. So, right now, like it or not, fossil fuel is a, the largest part of our portfolio for energy. And if we stopped it tomorrow, we couldn't we couldn't provide. And fracking is in California different than in other areas. It uses less water. In fact. They have estimated that it really, in most cases, is only about a golf course, or what a golf course uses in a day. But having said that, it's more about, so what is the price of energy and where do we get our energy and how much water do we have and how do we keep a balance? In my area, 80% of the fracking is not over a water table, And the water is used very, very sparingly, and it's not like the northern coast. I think it's good for the public to become educated about it and to learn about it, but I think a moratorium would only make the water crisis worse because energy prices would go completely up, and we probably wouldn't even be able to get enough energy, especially if we did on the short term. It would have to be imported energy, which we know when you import energy, it costs money and brings more greenhouse gases. Big disaster, not not really – a good solution, and ultimately that we can use technology to make all these processes safer or we can make our, tech, our generation for energy safer or larger or more productive. So to me, it's, it's really a question, and certainly a moratorium is not the answer, but using reason, science, and technology to move us along to better practices so that we have a balance. Next question. Welcome to Climate One.
5: Thank you all for being here to talk about such an important issue. Um, a few years ago, I changed my attitude from being somewhat careful about my use of water to being very careful about my use of water. Water bill shows average gallons per day consumed. I went from a 100-something to 11 gallons a day. My use for –
1: That's low. I I live alone in a house. And
5: And your question is? My question is, well, that says to me there's huge potential. All I had to buy was a couple five-gallon buckets. There's huge potential for a combination of education and maybe regulation to make a big change – Without a lot of technology, without a lot of infrastructure improvement.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
5: Quickly. What, what, what's your impression? Let me
1: th- interpret that and your response to that, but also ask you what you personally do to manage your own water impact.
0: Senator Fuller, what, how big is your lawn? I personally spend eight and a half months in Sacramento uh, every year. My water bill is almost nothing and my Where it's not
1: measured or metered, right? No, it's metered. Every okay. bit of
0: Bakersfield is metered. No, Sacramento's not metered. Oh. Well, since since I live in an apartment, I guess I don't really okay. know much about that. I just pay the landlord who's probably making money off of me because I'm from s- southern area central California. Yeah. I don't know that water yeah. is cheaper up here. <laughs> Sorry, that's the truth. Senator Wolk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when we, uh, I was on the Davis City Council in um, the 90s and um, was very much interested in water at that time. And we retrofitted, retrofitted um, water meters. Nearly was recalled, but we did it. And uh, what happens is, where's the gentleman of the, the reduced rate of water? Um, immediately, there is a decline in the amount of water that people use. Just because they're paying attention, and more important, you find out when where the leaks are. So if you get a water bill of nine hundred dollars a month, bingo, there's no reason in the world that that would happen. And that's what that's what happens. It it, it it's an educational function. So um, you want to know what I do? I mean, I just redid all my landscaping, and I love my landscaping. It's all water efficient, and you know, I yeah. do all that. You know, water. You know, everything that we're supposed to do—the toilets and everything—that many of which are mandated now. Very important thing to do.
3: Matt Weiser. Uh, well, just to correct what you said earlier, Sacramento is about half metered. There's another half still to go, and they're they're working. They've accelerated um, putting in meters. There's a 2025 state law deadline that requires the city to be fully metered. However. I live in a city in Sacramento, uh, a neighborhood in Sacramento that is not metered. I don't have a water meter at my house. I have no idea how much I use on a daily basis, and I think that's horrible. Uh, however, personally, I uh, I took out my own lawn um, about eight years ago. I don't have a lawn. Um, I have native plants. Everything that needs water is drip irrigated. Um, I redid my bathroom a few years ago and put in a low-flow toilet with, you know, two different buttons, depending on what you're using it for. Um, I wash full loads of dishes, full loads of laundry. I I do everything possible to save water. Um, However, um, I'm embarrassed to say that the gutters in my neighborhood are running full of water virtually every day because my neighbors don't have meters, they have lawns, and they don't pay attention. I'll just uh, chime in on this. I, yesterday, you, people who live in
1: San Francisco can call the, the PUC. They will come and they will, they're going to come to my do house in a couple order. weeks and do a water evaluation. Uh, we recently installed a recirc pump on the hot water heater. So it circulates hot water when the kids are taking showers. So, uh, the hot water comes quickly. It uses a little bit of power. It saves water. Senator Wolke, you wanted to add something and we're going to get to the next question.
2: I think, I think it's really important to be careful about this because then we go into each house and we start determining you know, family size and how much water you use. I think that's where the pricing mechanism comes in. Um, People ought to be able to have part of their landscaping be lawn if they want. But it seems to me that you should be willing to pay for the total amount of water that you take. And if I want to take a 10-minute shower and you don't, fine. What are we going to have, water police? No. It seems to me that that's where the pricing mechanism comes in. You you expect to pay, use the amount of water you want, and then the price reflects, should be reflective of that. Let's go to the next audience question. Welcome to Climate One.
1: Thank you. I realize that there's many water agencies, and they're the ones that institute requests and mandatory water rationing, but given that last year was a dry year, and it typically starts raining in October, and we're almost halfway into January right now, and I was shocked to learn some reservoirs have less than twenty percent. I'm just amazed and wondered why nothing has been done sooner than now. What's taken us so long? We'd like to tackle that one. Well Senator Fuller? I
0: don't I don't I don't know if I can say what's taken us so long, except that since I've been in the legislature, remember I was a school superintendent before I came. So uh, I actually had to get this kids to school every day on my buses. I couldn't wait eight months for that to happen. But um, when I got in the legislature, I found that our state is so big and so diverse that it, you know, there it takes so much time to process things. And so people, the crisis of the moment gets the attention, and that's not good planning. It's not good anything. I should. You know, I'm not, I'm not making an apology, but that's, like, one issue. And so I don't blame, like, one party or the other. You know, I'm a Republican right now. I could be sitting here going, oh, that's a great answer. <laughs> I'll just blame those guys. They're in control, right? <laughs> but it's not really like that. It's more like – and we had a drought, and we were working on it. We got the 2009 package almost out, and then kind of the drought got better, which is, is good, but then people's interests fell off. So that's number one. Number two was I'm one of the first persons, and I went and talked to – congressman valadeo and we put out a letter that said the farmers find out first because they find they only going to get a five percent allocation so they know man they know they're in a world of hurt they know that everybody's livelihood right now because they're not going to be able to buy seed and plant is hurt for june and july and and so it kind of doesn't matter for them i mean it matters but it's like it's not it's hitting them right now so we, we wrote the letters we got everything going We started shaking it, saying somebody needs to watch it. And I have to say our governor stepped up and said he's going to do a task force. Now, I also sent the letter to President Obama, and he hasn't answered me yet. But um, I guess he has reasons. And um, I think that all of us, as we become informed, and that's why I'm here today, even though, as I said, it's scary, um, we get the word out to everybody. And I think it's particularly important that people understand that the water dynamics are are different now because this is a third-year drought. So the water supplies are, are 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 gone for people, and it's going to hit later. So pretty soon, like August and July, people will be really waking up if we don't get rain in the next six or eight weeks, like huge rain, or s- actually huge snowpack we need. That's all I can – I don't know. You should probably have a better answer. Uh, She's th- been in government uh, longer. <laughs>
1: Jean Fuller is a California State Senator Republican from Bakersfield. Let's have our next audience question.
0: Thank you so much. I'm Cynthia Kohler with Water Now. And as all of you probably know, um, household water use is more than 50 percent of that in California, on average, of course, is for outdoor landscaping. And the legislature, thank you very much, all of you. I'm sure you supported it, passed a terrific graywater statute about three years ago. However, there's been virtually no funding and very little bit of an uptick. And I'm wondering, in the year ahead, do you see an opportunity for the legislature to build on that success from 2011 and provide some funding so that water districts, which I think has been acknowledged here, which are very dispersed, you know, very decentralized, can really move forward and make gray water more of a solution for California um, homes and businesses.
1: So let's end on, yeah, more on gray water, catching the water absolutely. as our
2: grandparents did. Senator Fuller? Absolutely. Senator, sorry, Senator Wolf? Uh Absolutely. And when – we'll go back to how we started. Um, it seems to me that the drought gives us an opportunity To go back to these areas and replenish the state funding that used to be available in greater amounts for precisely these kinds of regional projects that that increase the water supply, increase the reliability of the water supply. We need to do that, and there's consensus on that, so we need to build on that, and that's what a bond is for. Matt Weiser, thoughts on on gray water? Well, I think gray water
3: is uh, one of the other low hanging fruits. there's a lot more we could do with gray water. Um, I don't. Uh, I, I think many homes could be retrofitted with some kind of a gray water system to use for landscaping. Um, there ought, it, it ought to be easier to do that. There ought to be incentives for homeowners to do that from their water agency. Um, another one is uh, catching rainwater. Um, I was talking about Southern California earlier. There there are um, rebates that water customers down there can get to purchase rain barrels. Um, I think we ought to have rain barrels and, and rainwater catchment wherever we can.
1: Senator Fuller, last word.
0: Well, I, I think we're going to have to explore all of those, but we need to have a, a big plan to review all of our technology and all of our regulations, because sometimes regulations block, block progress like this, and sometimes we need incentives. Now, I'm from the minority party, so unless I jointly partner with my friend here, Lois, I probably won't be doing any of those bills, even though I think that that's an area that we need to work on. And and I'm glad it was suggested today.
1: And as we end here at Climate One, I'd like to thank Senator Fuller again for being a rare <laughs> Republican, willing to come talk about these issues, uh, which are so difficult uh, in this time. Uh, our guests today at Climate One have been Lois Wolk, California State Senator, Democrat from Davis, Gene Fuller, California State Senator, Republican from Bakersfield, Matt Weiser, Senior Writer from the Sacramento Bee. I'm Greg Dalton. You can listen to this and other Climate One programs in iTunes, including a program called Mountain Meltdown with – Ski executives talking about the ski industry being impacted by some of the things we've been talking about today. Thank you all for coming to Climate One.